to say we're thankful to be here this morning and I had a little thought about you know about 25 years ago that was me and uh, I'm thankful for my church I'm thankful I got saved I'm thankful that I was brought up in this way and um, I'm just so thankful to be here this morning and everybody looks so good and um, let's just remember the Sunday school and church and uh, why Sean lead us in prayer
to be in the Lord's house this morning. Um, Ryan asked us to teach Sunday school, and I, I thought about it for a little bit and told him I'd get back with him on it and let him know. And uh, as Trey was preaching, uh, I believe it was Sunday night or Wednesday night, but it, uh, God said, hey, go, go ahead and teach. You know, he, he gave it to me then. So um, I don't like to try to do anything without the Lord in it, and um, I desire everyone's prayers this morning. Um, I said, I, I can't teach uh, by myself. I, I just need everybody's prayers. I need the Lord to pass by and, and his spirit be here, and then it'll be right. But um, So there, there's probably a whole lot, I, I know, they're not probably, I know there's a whole lot better teachers than what I am, but I just like I said I desire everybody's prayers. Um, we'll be over in second chapter of mark is where the lesson's at today and that i i appreciate anthony teaching the past couple weeks i the first week i watched i was at at home not feeling real well and then i watched again after afterwards i went to the youth sunday school last week and i watched anthony teach online Uh, did did a real good job and i i appreciate anthony being willing to I appreciate what he said about being nervous. Um, if you're not nervous doing something for the Lord, you probably ought not be doing it. Um, so, uh, uh, like I said, I'm just a little, I don't think I was, I wasn't real nervous about all week until we got about halfway here down 75, and then then I started getting a whole lot more nervous. So, um, But um, the, the lesson today is... Uh, um, uh, Jesus, uh, and it says, called in authority. And this is the, a story about uh, uh, when the four brought a crippled man and loaded him down through the roof. And a- as I read that, I thought, well, what in the world can I teach about about that? You know, there, I, I've heard it preached so many times and, and tied on and, and kind of um, my the thought that came back was, you know, the title of the lesson, called in authority. And uh, so it started making me uh, dig a little bit towards uh, Jesus' authority and where it came from and, and how he got it. And, uh, and so, like I said, I've, I've got thoughts ranging all over the place. I've, I've studied, you know, quite a bit, but I just, I don't want my thoughts in it. I want whatever God has for us. So um, we'll, we'll start reading that the chapter 2, verse 1 of Mark. And... Uh, and it said, and again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And I thought about that again, you know, that he entered in. And so I started reading it before this, and I think this uh, verse is it's in Mark 1, and it's uh, 21 through 28. And I'll read through it, and I'll just point out what my thoughts was on that because I don't want to. Well, we'll just read it and see where the Lord goes, I guess. Um, but it says, and they went into Capernaum, and this is talking about Jesus and his uh, first disciples. This is right where Anthony left off last week, about where the disciples, where he called Peter and Andrew and uh, James and John. So they all went into Capernaum, and straight away on the Sabbath, he'd entered into the synagogues and taught. And um, I believe it was a, a we've hit on it a little bit. Um, before in some of the services, is it was Jesus' custom to be in the Lord's house on the Sabbath day. He, he was raised up in it, uh, kind of like what Gary talked about, 
this morning, being the little children over there, he was raised up and being in church and serving God. And, and Jesus was the same way. He was raised up in, in a good house where they worshiped God and feared God. And through that, you know, not just that, but um, he knew that where he was supposed to be on, on the Sabbath day. So he was in the Lord's house and, and it says, and he taught. And, there were, and they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority, not as the scribes. And there, there's that authority, and um, Jesus' authority wasn't something that he conjured in himself. It wasn't something that um, um, he grew up in, but it's something that God gave him. And I think about, you know, when, when God saves us, he gives us authority to worship him. Um, he's given us authority. He's given the preachers authority to preach, uh, wants to testify, to testify, sing, uh, to be a light to those around us. God's given us authority. That authority was God's Holy Spirit moving through Jesus, and, and that's what they were witnessing, and that's what they were seeing. When you see a preacher get up and preach, when he's really hooked up and, and he's preaching an authority, it, it's not Terry Brock. It's the Lord, and that Lord's authority comes through Terry, and allows them to work. And it says, and not as the scribes. Um, the scribes didn't have that authority because they didn't have God's Holy Spirit. So, um, um, but reading down through there a little bit and um, in that, um, I'll just kind of recap. There was a man in there with a, a they said a, a demon or not an unclean spirit. And, well, I guess I'll read it. And there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit and he cried out saying, let us alone, what have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed, and so much that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine that is this for with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits and they do obey him and so this is something brand new to him you know and the scribes were there and you know they were in the synagogues and there was other people present but they could recognize that the difference in the authority that jesus had as compared to what the scribes had and uh, and it says and immediately the fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about galilee and so that, that brings us back to the first verse here that we read. And it says, he again entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. Uh, people were excited about Jesus being back. They were excited that he was there. Um, they, they went across, you know, all of Galilee, you know, what, what he had done, you know, with casting out that unclean spirit, the authority and the power that he preached in. And that he commanded even the unclean spirits, things that they thought they had no control over. Um, back in Acts, there was a, I, I believe it was a scribe or a, a Pharisee, but they, they decided they would take it upon themselves to go and try to cast out an unclean spirit in somebody else. And they went and cast him out, and it said, uh, I believe, I, this just came to me, so I probably won't get it just right, but it, it talked about, you know, it says, Jesus we know and Paul we know, but you we don't know. And the unclean spirit the man leaped on him and whooped both of them, you know. And, and so without the Lord's spirit, we don't have authority over anything. The, the Lord God is what has authority, and he gives it to us when we need it and when we're working for him. So, 
And uh, so I, I get talking a lot. I like people to, to interject and, and speak, and I like to have a discussion about the Lord. I, I really like talking about the Lord. So if anybody's got anything, just feel free to jump in and get my attention or, or speak. And um, like I said, I, if anyone's got any thoughts, I just I like I like to have an open discussion, I guess. So. Does anybody got any any thoughts before we go on a little farther? Right, we'll uh, we'll read uh, verse two. Then it said, "And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much about the door, and he preached the word unto them. And so, um, that the house filled up really fast, and everybody came around, and and they were standing. It was just packed outside the door because they they like I said they were excited. It was noise abroad." that Jesus was back and everybody wanted to come and see and hear and preach. Um, I believe they wanted to see the miracles be done and they knew the power that he'd had. So um, it says, and they come unto him bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And so that, that's a verse we, we hear preached a lot and I'll, I'll read the, the next verse also. It says, and when they could not come in nigh unto him, for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. And so this man was you know, paralyzed. We don't know if he was paralyzed from the waist down or if he was, his whole body was paralyzed or um, if he was born paralyzed or he had an accident. We, we don't know his condition that he got there. Um, and But it said that, they bring one sick of the palsy, so a man that was paralyzed, which was born of four. And the word, word born stood out to me there, and that's B-O-R-N-E, which means carried or, or brought forth or whatever. But the word B-O-R-N had to be, you know, came to my mind also. And uh, like I said, every, every word in here is in there for a reason. Um, but it says born of four, and I, I've heard it preached a lot of times about the four corners of that cot and uh, how the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost carry three of the corners, and the church has to carry the other corner. And when we bring our people to the Lord like that, when we are moving with power throughout the church and, and, and God's present with us, we can see the people that we bear to God be born to God. So that, that just kind of stuck out to me. A little bit there and but they got there uh, they couldn't get in they there was just too many people all around and um, they they decided that they would climb up on the roof and, and break it up and lower their friend down to them and you know and through that I just thought they weren't gonna let anything stand in their way and you know so, so many times in our life just the smallest thing comes up you know I could see myself walking over there and bringing bringing somebody and say well I just can't get in. I, you know, there, there are too many people. They won't let me in. I asked. They won't let me through. And uh, lot, lots of times in our life, we have the smallest things come up before us, and we just say, well, we can't do that. Or, or uh, you know, whether it's, you know, you know, doing something for the Lord or, or anything, you know, that may be. Uh, let the smallest things deter us. But these people, these men, were not going to allow anything to deter them they were going to get in uh, they were going to bring their friend to the Lord because they knew that if he they could get him to him that he could heal him 
and they have that great faith. And so, so they broke up the roof and, and lowered him down in. And it says, And when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto them, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And which that, that causes a, a big stir amongst the scribes that were, that were there. But um, he saw their faith. He wasn't just talking about the man that was sick of the palsy's faith. But he was talking about all five of them. He saw their faith that they were willing to not let anything stand in their way and be able to get their friend to the Lord. And um, we, we all know someone or we have ourselves carried burdens for many years over friends or loved ones and and we just keep bringing them before the Lord and, and keep seeking out, keep inviting them to church, keep keep on doing whatever we can to bring them to the Lord. And uh, Jesus saw their faith and he said, thy son, thy sons, thy sins be forgiven thee. And, uh, but the, the scribes, it says, but there were certain scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. And so they weren't even talking to each other. They weren't saying anything at all. Uh, they were just thinking it, thinking it internal. And the uh, saying in themselves, why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sin but God only? And it says immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, why reason ye these things in your hearts? And so Jesus knew their hearts. He knew what they was thinking and um he didn't even give them a chance to question him publicly, but he called him out and said, why are you thinking these things in your heart? And back in, you know, the scribes had never seen anything like that before. They, they'd never seen a man, you know, able to come, come and do the things that Jesus was doing. And I, I liked what, what Jesus said to him after that. He said, whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise and take up thy bed and walk. And so Jesus was saying, you know, it's easy. It's easier, you know, for someone to say your sins be forgiven, because you can't prove that. You can't see that. There's no evidence of that. And so Jesus is saying, you know, it, it's easier, you know, to just forgive. You know, say your sins are forgiven because you don't have to have any evidence of that. And um, but to actually, you know, tell them to rise up and walk, that's where it has to be proven out what Jesus was, was saying. And we'll read a little bit farther, but it said, um, I wrote down a little bit. Um, the scribes questioning, and it, I wrote a note, is it easier to say or to do? You know, it, it's really easy to say something. It's easy to, you know, walk in our... Uh, Self and um, I'm embarrassed of it, but you know, someone asked me, you know, will you pray for me? I said, Yeah, I'll, I'll pray for you. And and sometimes I I forget all about it, you know, and you know, and sometimes you know, and that that's shameful, but it it, it happens. Um, but the, the real work is in action, you know, and um, it talks about faith over in a little bit, you know, it shows, you know, it talks about showing me your faith without actions and I'll show you my faith you know with action I'll show you you know through me serving the Lord and following I'll show you my faith you know it's easy to sit back and, and say something but to actually fulfill something to get up and do it that's a lot harder um, 
when I told Ryan I'd teach Sunday school, that was a lot easier to tell him I'd get up and teach Sunday school than actually getting up and teaching Sunday school. So, um, but with that, um, I, I was thinking about the authority. I, I want to stop there for a minute. And, uh, well, I'll read verse 10. And it says, But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power over the earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I send to thee, arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into the house. And so he called himself the, the Son of Man there. And I was, I was researching on about the Son of Man, and it was a, it's back in Daniel, and it's a chapter 7 and verse 13 and 14. Um, Daniel had a, a vision, and he's talking about, about the Lord. So 7 and 13 says, I saw in the night vision, and behold, one, like the Son of Man, came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days. And they brought him near before him. And so talking about the Son of Man, they're, they're talking about Jesus. They're talking about the one who was coming to bear our sin and, and to forgive everything for us. And he came before the Ancient of Days. He came before God. So this interaction between Jesus and, and God and it says, and there was given him, and so this is where Jesus gets his authority, was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. And I like the should. You know, that, that goes right along with uh, John 3.16. It's everybody should. It doesn't mean you will, but everybody should. Should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and the kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. And so that, that's just telling back when Jesus and God had an interaction between each other and Jesus received his authority and his power and his ability to do the things that God sent him to do because you know, God was his father and God gave him the authority to do those things. And so it was, a, it was just a, Good, good thought. I thought was anyone else have any thoughts or anything before we go a little farther? Absolutely. I like that. That's, uh, I liken that to making the effort to come to church and God put something on your heart and you not do it. both those comments anyone else have have a comment said I I get to rambling sometimes and I, I start moving fast but there, there's no hurt in 
going backwards or, or talking about something again. And like I said, I, there's a lot in this scripture, and I was I was all over the book, really, you know, and the way the scriptures and everything just tie together and, and pull together. Um, but I don't I don't want to jump around and and be in myself. You know, the Lord taught me a lot through you know throughout you know the the scriptures and stuff, and but I, I like to stay in His will also. There is a, another place we'll, we'll read, and it's over in John chapter 5. And this talks about Jesus' authority again. And what I write down. Uh, so 19 through 27 are all real good, but I'm just going to read 25 through 27. <clears throat> and it says, Verily, verily, this is Jesus speaking, I say unto thee, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. He hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. And so right, right there in those uh, couple few little verses, it talks about... Um, the voice of the Son of God. So it's talking about Jesus being the Son of God, and it talks about him being the Son of Man also, just right there back to back. And so I really like that where, you know, he's talking about, you know, God gave him the authority because he is his Son, and that he, uh, you know, because there's life in the Father, there's life in Jesus also. And it says, and hath given him hath given Jesus authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man. He's the one that they were talking about back in Daniel who was going to come and, and fulfill the law for us that we, that, you know, we could be saved. Also back, uh, back when Trey, Trey was preaching and I started thinking about um, he actually touched on this story just a little bit and I started thinking about all the miracles and, and the faith associated with those miracles throughout the Bible and uh, I jotted down just just a few of them that came to my mind uh, but with Abraham and Isaac and how you know Abraham had faith that even if he slew Isaac that God would raise him back up and um, David and Goliath, and we've been studying a lot in Sunday school about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and the fiery furnace. And um, there was a, another one that came to my mind. It was uh, John, and we'll read there too, I guess. It's John chapter 9, verse 1 through 12. And, uh, and this is uh, the blind man that was blind from from birth and and I don't need to read it all I just need to read a portion of it I guess um, we'll read two and we'll start at two and I'll stop in just a couple verses and it says and his disciples asked him saying master who did sin this man or his parents that he was born blind Jesus answered Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but the works of God should be made manifest in him. 
And so just reading that at face value, you would say, you know, well, this, this man didn't sin and his, and his parents didn't sin, so they were, they were perfect, you know. So if they didn't have any sin about them, then why did Jesus have to come? But that, that's not what, what they're saying at all. Um, Jesus is saying that this man wasn't blind because of his sin or his parents' sin. And sin's in the world because of the fall of Adam. Adam's sin is why, you know, anything happens and goes on. And, but through Adam's sins, it says, uh, it says, you know, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents sinned. It's an Adam's sin that we're all born with. It says, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. And, you know, lots of things happen in our life. Um, my wife's friend just lost her, her niece in a car accident. And there, there's lots of things that happen that, that we just can't understand and things don't, you know, measure up in our minds uh, about why things are. Um, but to me, we go through trials and we go through heartaches and stuff so that we can trust in the Lord, so that we can see his power come forth. Um, I was a little lost boy. I got saved when I was 16. Um, I'd done some bad in my life. I wasn't, I wasn't real good. I wasn't real bad. Um, that's what the devil told me anyways. Um, but it's, it's through that sin that we were born with that makes us separated from God. And it doesn't matter how good we do or how bad we do, that we need Jesus' redeeming blood to save us. And so I see as sin in the world and bad things happen, um, if there wasn't anything ever bad that happened in my life, I probably wouldn't call on the Lord a whole lot. I probably wouldn't need him as much as I do. But through... Um, our troubles and our trials and we seek out the Lord and, and we try to you know walk in a way that's pleasing to him and I've tried life without the Lord um, after I got saved I got out of church for a while and tried to do my own thing and it's not good um, it, it's a it's a mess really and but when you walk with the Lord even when the troubles and the trials come um, you can still glorify God in it, and we can still know that through our troubles and our trials, we cling to God and Jesus more. We cling to our faith more. It strengthens us, and that it can be a light to the others that are around us. And so it's, uh, I'd heard that the, the girl that passed away was saved. That's, that's a blessing. That, that's a truly a, a good thing. Um, but lots of things come at us. Um, this man, you know, it, it wasn't because of his sin or because of his parents' sin that he was blind, but he was blind so that God's power could be shown. And, you know, that, that's the way I see in everything. You know, bad things happen a lot, but it, it just shows that God's in control of everything. So that was uh, just a thought I'd had on on that. But does anyone else have, have any thoughts or We'll, uh, we'll pick back up over here in, in verse 10 in Mark. It says, But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And uh, I, I just thought it was great. You know, Jesus is saying, and he said before, it's easier just to say, you know, your sins be forgiven. You know, anybody could say that. 
your sins be forgiven. There's no proof in that. And But Jesus did these miracles not to show, he did these miracles to show that he, you know, had the ability to forgive sin. A lot of times in the Bible and, you know, his uh, disciples asked, you know, who sinned? You know, they, they would tie sin with sickness and they, they went hand in hand. And if someone was sick or, or something, they decided that they'd done something bad. Um, even when, when Job had all the trouble that he had, his friends all came and asked him, what, what, what had you done? You know, what did you do that, you know, caused all this to come on you? And, and Job said, I, I didn't do anything, you know, and, and he just kept on professing the Lord. And so through, through the ability to forgive natural afflictions, you know, and um, Jesus talked at one point, you know, he said, if you don't believe the things that what you see, how do you believe the things or if you don't believe the thing, I, I'm going to get that wrong, so I'm not going to say it. But basically, it's if, if you don't believe the natural things, how can you believe the spiritual things? And, and so we, he showed them a natural thing to show the evidence of the forgiveness of sin. And that's why he came through and did so many of the miracles. Um, people could recognize that he had power uh, to forgive natural sicknesses and afflictions, but in the same time, he was forgiving our sinful nature also and, and allowing us to um, be saved. So, but it said, uh, arise, take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house. And I just, I just thought it was really neat about, you know, telling him to take up his bed and go into his house. Um, and people knew he was paralyzed. You know, people knew that he, he wasn't able to get around. At least he couldn't walk. I don't know if he had use of his arms or not, but he, he at least couldn't walk. But he arose, picked up his bed that he, they carried him in on, and went out completely changed. And so he could go forth and show that to uh, to his his people in his house, and they're the ones that knew him. That blind man that you know received the sight that we just read about in John, he went out, and the the Pharisees and Sadducees were very upset that Jesus healed on the Sabbath, and they were looking to to stone him and to persecute him for, you know, doing something on the Sabbath day. And so they got that man and questioned him and said, well, you know, who, who did this? And he said, well, Jesus. And they said, well, he couldn't do that. He's a sinner because he did something on the Sabbath day. And Jesus said, whether, or not Jesus, but the blind man said, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. But I know I was blind and now I see. And, and I think of how clearly that is in our lives when we, get saved and we turn from, you know, our sinful nature to being a child of God. Um, I remember getting saved. I remember walking. I remember the feeling that I had when I got saved, which was just complete, um, just feeling light and clean. And, and I remember walking outside and I, I got saved in March, is towards the end of March. And just, it looked like the sun shone differently. It just, everything was so much prettier. And, and I don't, it just everything was different. You know, God changed me completely. And this man, he went from not being able to see anything for his entire life from the time he was a baby to having sight. And what a complete change that would be. I mean, I could see somebody that had their sight, lost it, and then got it back. It wouldn't be that big of a deal. But you go from a blind man who's never seen to being able to be to see and everything that he could take in and everything that was so much different. And, and I think what a great representation 
of the way our lives are after we get saved. Everything's different. Everything's new. And if we walk in that, we'll be happy. Uh, God will bless us in our journey. And uh, we'll be able to serve him in spirit and truth. Uh, just like I said, when you follow after the Lord and do his will, your whole life's better. Um, I can pick people out in my life who know they need to be serving the Lord and are not. I know they're saved and they don't serve the Lord. They go their own way and their life's miserable. It's just everything falls apart. Nothing's in place the way it needs to be. It just seems like there's conflict after conflict and, and trouble after trouble. But when God's in your life, um, you may still have the troubles and the conflicts, some, but you're not going to have near what you had, and you're surely not going to have that peace and comfort that Jesus gives us, uh, letting us know that we're not in it alone, but he's right there with us. And so there's a, there's a big difference uh, once the Lord comes in and saves our soul. And uh, he told him to go, into his, go to his own house and, and show what the Lord done for him. You know, and he, was, he went away, carried on a cot, he came back carrying his cot. There was, a, there was a big difference, completely changed from when he left to when he came back. And uh, so, isn't anyone got, got any thoughts on that before we go a little farther? For sure. Verse 12 says, And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them, all insomuch that they were all amazed, like Brother Billy was saying, all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. And we've never seen anything like this before. Jesus came, and, and when he changes lives, the person that's lost never saw anything like that before. They've never witnessed or felt anything like that before. And uh, he said they were all amazed and glorified God. So everybody there, the scribes and, and everybody was there, they saw it. There was no one that they could give glory to but God. They saw, they questioned their hearts. Where, where does this guy get this authority? Where does he have the right to say your sins be forgiven? And... You know, and Jesus questioned them, and that's a lot how they talked back and forth back in those days and how they taught. They'd answer a question with a question, or, or if they'd say something, then they would question that. Um, but Jesus asked them, which one's easier, to speak and say you're forgiven, your sins are forgiven, or to tell someone to get up and walk? Any of the scribes could have looked at them. You know, they were all, you know, they were, I guess the scribes were like lawyers at, at the time. And they, you know, they would go through and they knew the law and they would do, you know, contracts for, um, like, marriage certificates and divorce certificates and land contract and, uh, I guess, like a will. They, they would do all that paperwork type stuff because they knew the law. Um, but the scribes could have said, you know, if someone came before them, and they could forgive them naturally of something that they had done. Um, they, they had that authority. But the... Uh, they didn't have authority to forgive sin, and that's where Jesus came in. And that's how he didn't teach like the scribes, and that's how he didn't move as the scribes moved. He moved with the authority and power that God gave him um, 
to be able to move in God's spirit and do God's will and to heal people and, and to save and to show people the difference in serving God to confessing the Lord and then just their natural routines that they've gone through for so many years. But um, so that, that, you know, the scribes recognized that there was way more to Jesus at that point when, you know, a crippled man paralyzed could get up and walk out and, you know, be changed forever. But in, in that same circumstance, I don't know. Lots of times we can see things move. I, I remember when I was younger and in church and not saved yet, and I could see the church move. I, I could see, you know, God moving through the church. I could recognize that something was different, and I would still not get saved. I, I would still, you know, wait and or not go and say, oh, I'll wait till this happens or wait till that happens, and and what or so and so is not here. I don't I don't want to go get saved without my mom being here or my dad. Um, so there's lots of times you could see it move, and, and the scribes could see everything move here. And they had to recognize and give glory to God and be amazed. Um, it doesn't mean that they actually started serving the Lord. They could have turned around right from that and denied God and then just persecuted the even more. Um, there was all kinds of accounts throughout the, the book where the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes, the publicans would all, you know, have things against Jesus and, and say that he'd done something wrong. Um, like I said, they, they sure didn't like... Uh, him doing things on the Sabbath day, um, but he, you know, he, he did them anyways, and there wasn't anything wrong with him doing them on the Sabbath day. But they they were always looking for a reason to persecute him or, or to blame him for wrongdoing. And but he was definitely had the authority to do what God commanded him to do and, and commissioned him to do. Does anyone else have, have any thoughts at all on those scriptures? That's about really that's that's all my heart. I don't